Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome in to another edition of Sox on Tap. I am Johnny Nani, joined tonight by Tony Marchese. We are together doing this one live in person. Got to take in a White Sox winner, 5-3 to three over the Royals here on Saturday, September 5th in the year 2020. Uh, Tony, before we get into breaking this game down, I want to let the listeners know to make sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Follow us on Twitter, at SoxOnTap, and at ONTAPSportsNet. So, Tony, pretty damn good Saturday night, if I would say so. Johnny, the beers are flowing. Uh, crack them to that. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to crack another beer. Uh, it's been a great night in the garage. Johnny, you and I have not got to watch a, uh, a White Sox winner together in quite a while, uh, despite the fact that... Uh, We've been uh, able to take in quite a few ball games together from the Garaje de Marchese. Um, but this one is special. This is the first game that you and I have gotten to watch together where the White Sox finished the ball game in first place. Oh, that's on a, top of the AL Central. I, Johnny, I, I I don't I I think I'm gonna have to go and change my pants, Tony. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to continue recording this episode now. Uh, you can go do that. I hope you brought a change of clothes. Uh, but, you know, uh, for as much as I shit on this White Sox team, the, the last time I was on the mic after uh, we had just lost to uh, the Minnesota Twins, the Sox have done their job beating bad teams. Uh, I called this team a good team. I didn't say they were a great team. I said this was a good They're team. They're still not. They're still not a great team. And I want to preface all of the praise that I'm about to give them with the fact that I still don't believe that this is a World Series contending team. However, they are a team that is getting done what they need to get done in order to make the playoffs. And for as pissed that I am that they're not a great team, I'm happy that they're a good team because a good team is going to get themselves in a position where you're in the playoffs, you're able to do some shit, uh, and, and once you get there, anything can happen. The Sox have done their job thus far this season to put themselves in this position and uh, give credit where credit's due. Uh, They have not lost games uh, against teams that they should beat regularly. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, uh, I mean, it's baseball. Anything can happen. Uh, You could see KC split this series. Uh, That's what NBI Steve said, yeah. So they've done what they've needed to do. They've beat up on the bad teams. They've, They've made every effort and every they've taken every stride that they could do so far this year in order to be that team in the AL Central that's just I wouldn't say they're dominating but they they have done everything that they've needed to do to put themselves they're, in this position I, I think, so far to be in first place. I, I think taking care of business is a good way to put it and I think that's yes. what I'm going to title this episode. Yes. I didn't you sometimes I have them premeditated and I know what I'm going to call it. Um it, I think the gist of what I'm getting there from you though is they're taking care of business, mm-hmm. especially against a team like the Kansas City Royals that they absolutely should be, a team that's 14 and 26 now. Obviously the White Sox 10 games over 500. That first of all is fucking great Holy to say. Shit. I love I love being able to say that uh, and, last- and I have it not be a dream. When's the last fucking time, Johnny? Yeah, no. That we've I, able to, been able to say that the Sox are ten games. I mean, never in Sox on Tap existence. Over five hundred. Yeah. Not in Sox on Tap existence. Uh, not in the like last. 
Yeah, no, it, five it, years. It, it had to be uh, 2016 at the beginning of the season. They had that uh, little run that got everyone uh, really excited, and then obviously we saw how that one played out. But uh, this one's different, and, and, you know, you talk about them being a good team. Yes, they are indeed. Obviously, to get to that great status, you need to beat the teams like the Twins and the Indians more consistently. But that's not who we were playing tonight. We were playing the Kansas City Royals. They took care of business. Uh, that's what this episode is about, taking care of business. Tony and I are going to take care of business on the mic, just like the White Sox took care of business on the field. Field. Uh, just one springboard comment that I had after you'd said, you know, they're not uh, a great team yet. They're good, though. They're good and they're exciting as hell. So yes. many highlights from this game. Uh, you had a couple bombs, uh, Grandal and Abreu in this one. And then you also had an unbelievable, just should be number one on Sports Center top 10 plays. Uh, Luis Robert catching the uh, ninth inning to get that first out. And then obviously Calme locks it down there um, a- afterward. So it really exciting, too, beyond just being good. So I think that. That is, you know, uh, what is breathing life into the White Sox fan base. And, and it's been great to see uh, people kind of in rejoice instead of in uh, uh, mourning on mm-hmm. White Sox Twitter. I think that that's one of the biggest things for me. And I love to see it. And I love interacting with people as we're, you know, uh, doing things like this. Uh, it's, it's fun to do. So uh, let's get to a little bit of the breakdown on this one. Like I would mentioned, 5-3 final. The White Sox take this one. Run scored for the White Sox in, in the first. They put up a two-spot thanks to that Jose Abreu home run. Get the party started early, and then uh, Yasmani Grandal uh, contributes a two-run blast of his own in the fifth inning, and they also had uh, a little bit of a manufactured run in there, granted thanks to some, you know, fielding plays by the Royals that were eventually labeled hits that, you know, some people think they could have been errors, but I think James McCann smoked that ball hard enough in the fifth inning to where, yeah, that's acceptable. That's a hit. I could, I, I'm usually one to be more, you know, the routine ones, the infield ones. They say, oh, the better it is, yeah, you put it, the ball in play. Um, I'm usually one to say, okay, we'll still give him the error. It's like a play that he should have mm-hmm. made. But, no, that was uh, that James McCann double uh, to kind of get that thing going in back in the fifth inning to give us uh, the runs that we needed to win this ball game. obviously, because uh, they, they needed four. They got five. Um, but that, that all, you know, came in the fifth inning, the game-winning runs, as you know, us on four feathers always like to talk about game-winning goals. Game-winning runs came in the fifth inning here. Um, when you look up and down the uh, lineup, uh, Tim Anderson throws a drink, baby. Um, you know, uh, that leadoff double, very first pitch of the game. I uh, love to see that. That's just swagger out the roof from Tw- Tim Anderson. Uh, and then, obviously, Jose Abreu uh, coming up with the bomb. That's MVP shit right there, Tony. Hey, I mean, Jose Abreu looks like an MVP in every sense of the word right now, especially for this team. Um, you talk about the straw that stirs the drink. Uh, Jose Abreu is uh, every bit of a sense that, uh, you know, he could be the straw that stirs the drink too. Yeah, I think we go kind of go for more of the catalyst at the top, though, because someone's got to get it going at first, and when you can have that first guy on, I think that makes a big difference. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there, but uh, the sense that Jose Abreu, if he's not the straw, I mean, he might be all the liquor. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, a, that's, a good, might, that's a good way to put it. Might, Timmy might be the straw that kind of gets the, you know, uh, gets it all nice and evened out and, you know, swirled yeah, around, but, but to Jose is the, the bulk of it. Yeah. Jose is all the liquor because this guy right now, I mean, he's just seeing the ball so well. He's he's putting runs up on the board for this team. He's doing everything that he needs to do. Uh, the epitome of what a leader is mm-hmm. uh, for a team. Uh, and we're not talking off the field shit right now. We're talking yeah. on the field shit. He's getting the job done. Uh, a lot of people uh, were talking about him a lot earlier on in this season, saying like, why why is he batting third? Well, guess what? You just look at him right now. Yeah. Uh, there's not another. There's not another guy that I want in the heart of my order. Uh, on this team, maybe outside of Luis Robert, uh, but 
Jose Abreu, he just oozes cool and tough. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the chaw in the fucking mouth, oh, yeah. whether it's the bombs that he's hit. Uh, I mean, what is he on, like a 19-game hit streak right now? Something so, yeah. fucking insane. Uh, Jose Abreu has been getting the job done in every sense of the word. He is... He, I don't even have words for this. Yeah. He has just played far above and beyond what we could have expected. There was a lot of people out there, Johnny, especially on White Sox Twitter, uh, just a ton of White Sox fans saying, like, why are we bringing him back? Uh, this is why. This is this is exactly why he deserves you bring it a guy back. Uh, he deserves to win a championship in a White Sox uniform and go down in White Sox lore uh, as, as a catalyst in that offense, and I think I think we're on the right track there for him. Yeah, no, absolutely, Tony. Uh, very well put there. Um, as we're progressing in this game, I'd mentioned the two first inning runs by the White Sox. Um, Lucas Giolito moving on uh, rather smoothly. Uh, third inning, one little blip. Uh, home run allowed to, um, I believe that was Starling um, in that one. Um, like I said, the uh, third inning is when the Royals got one back on the board, trimmed the lead in half. But uh, White Sox come back not too long after that. Like I mentioned, the uh, fifth inning. How about that Yasmani Grandal bat drop, Tony? Uh, cool and tough. You want to talk about needing to change of pants Yeah. Uh, earlier on in this episode. Uh, he knew he got all of that ball. From the right side. From the right side. Uh, switch hit home runs from the right side. Oh, yeah. I love when Yoan does it, and I love when Yaz does yeah. it. Uh, but I love when Lurie does it, too, I, but the, obviously he's gone. He's, the, he's out. But. The bat drop just signifies, I know I just fucked that pitch up. Yep. And uh, that's exactly what Yasmani Grandal did there. Um, just, you know, you get a hold of one. With two outs. With two outs. I mean that's a statement right there. That's mm-hmm. a statement in this game. Uh, definitely the uh, the the cap off on that, this one. You're talking and, game winning hits. That was the game winning yep. hit tonight. So uh, Yasmani Grandal, love when he's in the lineup. Uh, I think he should be in the lineup a little bit more. Although I do love when the parrot is out. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion not in the lineup tonight. But uh, when when Giolito's on the mound, I love this lineup that Ricky Renteria put out today. Yeah, uh, just. You know, you got James McCann behind the plate. Um, that guy is also no slouch. Uh, we talked so much about uh, the White Sox catching depth. Uh, it's just great that Yasmani Grandal can handle first base. Give Jose a little bit of a rest. You still have a very potent lineup with both those guys in there. I don't think you're missing anything by putting Edwin Encarnacion on the bench for one day, giving him a day off. Uh, it could go either way, although I would love to see Jose Abreu in this 100% of the time. Uh, if Grandal's playing first base, so I think great lineup put out today by Ricky. Yep. Uh, a lot of a lot of people like to comment on yeah. it, whatever. Uh, but this this is this is your lineup when Lucas Giolito's on the mound. Uh, no complaints about this one at all. Love the fact that uh, Adam Engel's in right field for this. Uh, just I think hits, this hits is, lefties well. Yes, he does, and this is the perfect lineup for that. Uh, you could swap Edwin in in a pinch hit situation. Yep. This is my favorite lineup by far. Yeah, so the people have been clamoring for it, and Ricky delivered. So, hey, as much as people love to uh, shit on him, and we've shit on him plenty on this podcast for uh, decisions, whether that be via the pen, the lineup itself, um, any other thing that goes on, not 
getting himself injected the other night to fire up the team a little bit, uh, stuff like that. But you got to get I'll tip the cap uh, when, it, when it's due. And Ricky put out a really good lineup tonight. Um, you know, uh, kind of the, the really first time that it's been uh, McCann and Grandal. I'm sure they have been in uh, before, but, you know, it just kind of seemed like that momentum was building, at least on Sox Twitter, uh, from uh, what we've seen for it. So uh, we've talked a lot about the hitting here. Let, let's move on to the pitching a little bit. Um, Lucas Giolito goes six innings, five hits, three runs, all of them earned. Uh, nine strikeouts. That's awesome. Fucking love that. Uh, one home run allowed, like I had mentioned, to Starling there. Um, but overall, really solid outing, Tony. What I say? I wanted, you know, seven. That would be good. Well, you know what? He, he just ran out of the gas a little bit there. And before, you know, the two hits uh, to get that inning going uh, in the seventh, it was time. Ricky made the right decision there. So another thing, you got to, you know, get, give it where it's due. He, he mm-hmm. made the right decision at the time. Uh, brought in, brought in uh, Ross the boss, and, you know, a run was scored off him. It was still credited to Giolito, obviously. But um, boss man gets through that despite kind of slipping on the mound a little bit. Glad he's okay. Uh, no, no injury trouble there. Um, and then Jimmy Cordero, uh, he, yes, he did come into this game and we were, you know, talking about his overuse and whatever, but he has not thrown since that Twins uh, game. So it, it's okay if he goes a third of an inning here. I'm okay with that. I think all White Sox fans can be, especially with the result the way it was. Cody Hoyer comes in, throws a clean inning, only one walk allowed. Uh, and then Cocktats are closers, Tony. Hey, uh, I've coined that term uh, earlier on in this year. Cocktats are for closers. I cock my head every time this guy takes the mound in a safe situation. And uh, guess what? I think he's perfect so far this year in safe situations. I may be wrong. Somebody stat checked me. But guess what? Uh, when Alex Calamay takes the mound, it may get a little interesting. It may be a little uneasy for you. But guess what? The job gets done, Johnny. Most of the time, yes. And that's all that I care about is that the job gets done most of the time. Uh, You brought up a good point a little while back on this show that, uh, you know, we could be looking at Juan Mania. We could be looking at uh, any of the names the Sox have thrown out there to close ball games since 2016. And I guarantee you, 100% of the time, you're taking Alex Calame over any of those names uh, yeah, and, ball games. and another, uh, it just related to that, um, you know, a lot of people over the offseason were clamoring for Aaron Bummer to be the uh, closer, and that's, you know, I'm okay to listen to those arguments and all that, um, and it's not his fault at all. Obviously, injuries happen in a season, but he was moved from the 10-day IL to the 45-day IL right now, so that just tells you how important Alex Calme is to this ball club, how important he has been, how important he will continue to be, because it does not look like we are going to see Aaron Bummer again at any point in the season, so yeah. even if you even if you're an advocate for it and you're you're about the spin rate and all of that, and that's all great. And like I said, I'm willing to have the discussion about that with anyone, but uh, who's here? Who, who's able to go right now? And that is not Aaron Bummer. That is Alex Calme. He got the job done. Uh, like I said, thanks to uh, at least that first out, you know, it was pretty fine after that. Oh. Uh, no, no, tr- no trouble after the first out, but uh, that first one, just uh, that Luis Robert catch, man. Um, Luis <laughs> Robert, if you haven't uh, on Twitter, go to Buzz on Tap, one of our uh, you know rotating uh, hosts in on this show. Buzz on Tap had a great tweet, Tony. That was one of the best R rolls. He rolled it so hard he was falling over yeah. in his deck. Yeah, uh, you can't beat that. That's cool and tough when you roll the R like that. Uh, it's it's super sexy. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, we love it. Uh, I think Luis Robert should be rolling his own R's right yeah, now. Yeah, he should. Yeah, um, you know it, they should be doing not, it in post game interviews. You know, not even not even for the fact that how many runs Luis Robert can put on the board, uh, but just for the fact that he is just 
the he yeah, is, and you know, he, rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. I want to make a point here that um, Luis Robert goes over four in this game, so you're not getting any two strikeouts. You're not getting the offensive production that you know he's, he gets he's hot and cold and whatever. But it just shows you how much of an impact he can still make on the game, even if the bat is not there, just because he's so elite. Um, obviously, the definition of a five-tool player. I think yep. that's fair to say. And um, you know, the, the range is unbelievable. The speed is great, and he. Uh, as a coordination, and you know uh, that takes some hand-eye coordination to be able to dive and be able to do that and come up with that cleanly because that could easily slip out and uh, be, be, be yeah that, that could be rolling out and you know a double or a triple like you had mentioned. So um, that you know just hats off to Luis Robert. Um, we'll be rolling the R's all fucking year. We'll be rolling it until he's no longer a member of the White Sox, um, and that will be a long time off before that happens. So uh, exciting uh, just to see stuff like that happen tonight and know that you have him around for so long and this is only the very beginning mm-hmm. uh, he's got so much ahead of him and he's only going to get better which is scary yes scary sir. to think i think adam angle had a single uh, similar comment um about luis robert uh, after last night's game um basically that same sentiment that i had just said it's like oh yeah he can still improve and that's scary to even think about what that's going to be like uh when he does so um the excellent stuff from luis robert in center field in, in the ninth inning uh what just one last point here because i think we're pretty close to uh our, our thoughts for this game i'll let you get your final one in here but my final thought from this game tony is i love that you know uh, i didn't i don't know too much about the royals uh, all that much because they're not really top you know they're not top division obviously they're uh they're kind of in limbo of sorts so you, you don't really pay attention to many of their like prospects or like young guys coming up or new additions that they have uh that start mount stall mount uh, that they brought in throws fucking smoke. Guy throws like 102 and whatever. But I love that the White Sox answer with smoke right back and bringing Cody Hoyer mm-hmm. uh, because throwing hard in the upper 90s to 100 miles an hour is fucking cool and tough. And they, you know, it obviously it wasn't intended. That was just probably how they're going to use the bullpen tonight, uh, whether it's intentional or not. Um, I love answering and uh, making it a dick measuring competition. And fuck it, you know, Cody Hoyer had a clean inning of his own. Yes, so, he did. Um, and I, I just lo- I'd love to see that shit because throwing power fastballs is cool and fucking tough, Tony. Love it, Johnny. Uh, I don't really have much else to close this with, but the Sox took care of business today. They were able to get the job done. That's what matters. Taking uh, care Sox of business, winning. baby. Sox win. Keep it rolling. Alexa, play Sweet Home Chicago by uh, the Blues Brothers. Yeah, Absolutely. So, um, All right, let's move on. Uh, series finale here. White Sox going for a sweep. 1.05 p.m. Central time start uh, in Kansas City once again, obviously. Uh, Dallas Keuchel will take the mound against Matt Harvey for the Royals. And kind of interesting, Tony, that uh, the Royals bumped back uh, Brad Keller, who was supposed mm-hmm. to be in line to start this game for an extra day of rest. You can go and uh, see the Sox on Tap Twitter account for our commentary on that. Uh, that's a little bitch move. That's what the Royals are all about, though. Uh, Brad Keller, obviously, we all know uh, the drama that went down between him and Tim Anderson uh, last year with the whole bat flip situation. So, uh, either way, we'll see Matt Harvey, a guy who's fucking washed, 1409 ERA, uh, 0-2 on the season, six strikeouts only. Uh, Diamond Dallas Keuchel, on the other hand, 5-2, and 2-4-2 ERA, 30 strikeouts on the year. you got to feel good going in this series finale, Tone. Absolutely do. This should be another win for the White Sox, hands down, easy. Dallas Keuchel should be able to take care of business, just like we're talking about tonight. Um, 
Obviously, baseball, anything can happen, but uh, this is Matt Harvey we're talking about on a washed-up uh, Royals team, and uh, he himself is pretty washed up, just like you said. Uh, Sox should be able to take care of business. If I'm going to drag out right now a uh, pick-to-click, I'm going to go Tim Anderson, uh, just because you talk about the straw that, sh- straw that stirs the drink, man. Uh, let's get it set up uh, right off and early. You know he'll probably be leading off. Uh, I'd love to see another Timmy leadoff bomb because it's been a little bit of time since As, we've had that. Absolutely. As for my pick-to-click, Tony, I'm not a yes man, but I am a yes man. Um, I, I am a big fan of Yasmani Grandal. You saw how fucking nuts I went in the garage for yes. that home run uh, tonight. I'm going with uh, the yes man. He's uh, had the most at-bats of anyone in this White Sox lineup against Matt Harvey. Uh, he is hitting a three thirty-three there. Uh, one home run, two RBIs against him. Um, I like it. I would assume he would be back in the lineup again um, in whatever capacity it is, DH, first base, catcher, whatever the fuck. It's so nice that you can put him in any of those spots. But I am a Yaz man. I'm going with Yasmani Grandal. I can't wait until my fucking white pinstripe jersey comes in. Um, I love Yasmani Grandal. Um, I will go to war for him any day of the week. So um, that's about it for this one. Uh, interesting, though, um, just about this game, I... Uh, it's like I said, 105 p.m. Central Time start. Um, weather should be fine, no precipitation, so we're going to get this one in. But wind is going to be insane 20 miles an hour, south southwest yes. winds. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm sure Tony Twista would have some, uh, he'd be blowing his own uh, wind here if he was on the show, but he is not tonight. We'll get him back this week uh, as we progress and maybe a little uh, weather update in Pittsburgh because it seems to be raining cats and dogs out there every day. Um, so we'll, we'll get Tony Twista to address that, but I just thought that was interesting. So um, I don't know how the uh, field is positioned. I'm not about to go on fucking Google Earth and look it up for you. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> but um, either way, that'll play a factor. So whatever the way the south-southwest wind is blowing, uh, that's going to affect uh, the game in some way, shape, or form. Tune in to find out. Um, like I said, I'm not going to look that up for you. So uh, that, that's about it for this episode of Socks on Tap. Once again, White Sox take care of business uh, with a win over the Royals in Game 3, going for the sweep tomorrow, 1.05 p.m. start on uh, on Sunday. We hope you're able to catch this episode before that. We'll try to get it up um, right away uh, so you guys can uh, indulge in that before uh, this matinee finale. So um, that wraps it up. That does it. That was this episode of Socks on Tap. Like I said, taking care of business. Um, before we close it out, make sure you go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Socks on Tap and at ONTAP Sportsnet. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a five star rating and review uh, wherever you listen. Uh, we would appreciate it greatly. So, Tony, that's it. We are going to go and drink some more beers in celebration of this win and the White Sox being in first place. But let's close it up. White Sox forever. White Sox forever. Are you a sports card collector? Are you looking to buy or sell your vintage cards? If so, contact Josh over at Midwest Vintage Cards. With over 25 years of experience in the field, Midwest Vintage Cards will pay you cash for your collection. Check out their eBay store by searching Midwest Vintage Cards or follow them on Instagram at Midwest Vintage Cards. Contact Josh at 847-602-8604 or email him at josh at 
MidwestVintageCards.com to get your quote today.